You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. We're cultural observers. And of curious minds. Get ready for sisterly banter while we chat about fixations, learnings, and personal growth. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to OK Sis. My name is Maddie. Hey, Mads. I'm Scout. I'm your older sister and the other half of OKSIS podcast. I love the uh, energy transfer here. It feels like you are extremely caffeinated and upbeat. And I'm in a more soulful, more introspective mood today. Oh, you're like Mother Earth, grounded, fulfilling. Oh, would it go that far? (laughs) But no, I just, I wonder, I'm going to explain a scenario that is happening in my head and I want to see if it resonates with you. Do you ever feel like life is happening around you and you're just always playing catch up and you can't get in front of it or take ownership of the life that you are living? The the macro answer to that is no. Oh. But that doesn't mean nice. that there are well, I work really hard to make sure that's the case. But there are micro moments where I feel that. Yeah. And so I implement things to make me feel more grounded and ahead, you know, by prioritizing tasks, mm-hmm. by thinking about big term strategy, by cutting out the fat of things that don't move the needle forward, of making sure I take care of myself. So macro, no, I am definitely ahead in my life and correct and creating the path forward. Mm -hmm. But on a micro level, yeah, there are days where I'm like, whoa, I'm bucking behind. How do I catch up? Like shit just keeps hitting me in the head. Yeah. 
But I, when that happens, I take a step back and I realize that when you have things that are flinging at you and hitting you in the head unexpectedly and it feels like you can't catch a breath, you have to ask yourself, in what way did I ask for all of this? Because everything that you do in life, you actually signed up for. Mm, it's all my fault. Yes. No, that is not it. I'm asking you to take responsibility over the areas that maybe are hitting you in the head that don't need to hit you in the head. Mm. I see. Yeah, the co-creating the reality. This is a very uh, Lacey Phillips-esque lexicon, if you will. And I don't. yeah, not there. Not there. Or maybe it's just this week. It just has felt like I'm like, I'm like climbing up a hill and I'm like grasping. And then like I hold onto a rock and it falls and then I fall. And then I'm like, oh, all right, let's try this again. And it's like quicksand. That's okay. We all have weeks like that. Yeah. You know what? I, I actually feel, don't you feel collectively like January and February have just kind of been that for everybody? Yeah. It's a shit, it's a shit show of a month. Do you want to know what's happening? Here's what's happening. Okay. We spent 2020 kind of relaxed, kind of removed, you know, slowing down, taking a break, not working as much due to quarantine. And then when 2021 came around, we had this like, we did it. We're out of 2020. And so I think people like ran to the flood, ran to the gates, opened up the gates and are ready to get back into action, but did it too quickly, all of us collectively together. And so now, one, we're going back into our old habits pre-quarantine. And two, we just bit off more than we can chew. Yeah, that's an amazing analysis. Um, you are an analyst, I've <laughs> decided. Um, yes, that's a great, that's a great observation. Uh, anywho, anywho. Nevertheless, this is the mood. This is the way that I'm operating at the current the current moment. And I did post about this on the Instagram. And um, these were the tips that people gave me. Adderall? <laughs> okay, I'm going on the record and saying that is not the fucking answer kidding. on any plane. I'm just kidding. Someone, someone did say... Um, like basically like a reward system like if I get this done then I will make myself a cup of tea or like something where it's like a little bit more reward based just to get through the motherfucking day we're just trying to get to the motherfucking day oi 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 I don't know what to make of that situation (laughs) but do you want to know do you want to know what I did this morning on my walk I mean you're gonna share with the class regardless true very true I paused the podcast episode that I was listening to. I thought you were just going to say like, I paused. (laughs) I just paused in the middle of my walk. I just had a, I had the pause (laughs) one day. (laughs) No. Okay. I paused the podcast that I was listening to and I prayed to God, but guess who I prayed for? Me? Yes. I sent a prayer to God and I said, uh, You know, the main message of the prayer was, God, please look over my sister's energy. Help her come home to a place where she feels inspired and invigorated because I know you've had a rough week. God knows I need that. I need the space and the reinvigoration. Well, if you won't ask for it, I will. And I did this morning. So you're you're saying, oh, wow. That was a Luna if I've ever heard one. Um, So you're saying that if I were to have driven past your street and um and driven past you 
I would see a scout just eyes closed, <laughs> stationary in the street. Pray. I would have thought you were a crazy person. Okay, first of all, it looked more like I was just on the phone with someone through my AirPods. Were your eyes closed? I, no, I didn't stop walking. The only pause oh. was the podcast. My oh, body kept moving because I was working out, Mads. And in Mads fashion, you don't stop the workout. No. So I kept the power you walk. You don't stop the workout for anything, even if it's stop. to pray to God. So I kept the workout going and I spoke it out loud though because it just feels oh, so, better. Okay, so and if someone so if someone was walking by, they would have been like, She's talking to herself. Or I was on a call. I had oh, AirPods. Okay. You're in. on a call you were on a call with God. Yes, I was on a call with God. Amazing. For you. For I you, bitch. This. Thank you. What was God's ringtone? <laughs> um, grounding. Very um ohm like and uh I felt good afterwards, and oh. I and I, I hope you did too. I, it hasn't kicked in for me yet, but I'm sure God is getting to it. He's it, it, there's a long list of things that He has to get to today. <laughs> yeah, I can send another one later if you want. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, let's get into this exercise because I'm really excited about about this episode and about this exercise of personal brand holograms okay so let's give a little context here mm-hmm. today in the podcast we have jessica zweig on she is a personal branding expert who just launched her book b which hit number one on amazon bestsellers last week which is fucking ridiculous fucking and ridiculous i am super honored because she's actually a client of mine and sisters i don't really bring my clients on here that much because because we talk know. about vaginas and um lo- coconut oil as lube which yeah. comes up a lot in this episode i don't know why i kept talking about vaginas in this episode i was i just edited it and i was like god damn i say that word a lot um yep. But so in this book, she sent me very graciously a copy before it was live or, you know, launched. And I spent three days digging super, super deeply into this book. And let me tell you why. She runs the Simply Be Agency where she charges premium fucking rates for CEOs, thought leaders, really successful people to walk into her doors. And she helps them build their personal brand online. And she gave away basically her entire framework and structure for how she helps clients in this book for $25. And so when a woman gives her gifts and her expertise basically for free for the cost of $25, I believe it's our obligation to listen because clearly she has something to say and fuck did she have something to say. So I read the entire book. There's worksheets. I I literally have notes everywhere. And she completely re-inspired a career strategy for my agency and for my personal brand that I have actually implemented and has touched every aspect of Scout's agency. And so I recognized the intense power. I actually sent her a voice note crying on Saturday because her book changed my life so much. And then then I really healthy. Yeah. And then I, um, played it for Adam and there was a lot of like crying and talking about divine downloads and Adam was concerned that my entire agency was going to go up in flames because I was talking to my client like this but you'll understand when you talk to Jessica so okay I'll stop talking well can I yeah can I uh insert some some of my thoughts here so something that um you know as I was going through the personal brand I can't say that word without saying like that um as I was going through this exercise so the way that she 
rights and her her authorship, if you will, is very relatable. It is also empowering. And I think with a lot of business books, and she kind of touches on this, which I, I think when I was going through our brand pillars and, and the content pillars, basically, of what we do, I think something when we'll talk about this like female entrepreneurship and business is something that both of us are very knee deep in and also speak a lot about because we have women on that um are experts in it and something that she wrote is like she approaches female entrepreneurship and business with a feminine side with like empathy love kindness compassion rather than this like aggressiveness masculine type of energy that is surrounding business and I think as and you've you've taught me this scout is that you don't have to subscribe to that way of business as a female entrepreneur you can redefine what it looks like to you and how you want to operate and run your business it doesn't have to be this very methodical, more logical, I guess, way of of running something. It can be successful, um, but also be coming out of a place of empathy. So that was really empowering me, empowering to hear from her because I think I have struggled a little bit with that where I was like, oh, wait, um, I don't see spreadsheets here. Therefore, it's not business or like I don't see intense loathing. Therefore, it's not business where it's like, no, no, no. Like we can operate and come out of a place that feels authentic and um, aligned with with us. And that that can be successful in its own right. And that's exactly what you just said is the whole point of her book. So not only is it a strategy book about how to build your personal brand, the point is to figure out who you are authentically in business, in your passion, your career, offline, online. And so that's why I love it so much is because it does break down those those barriers of, of what it should look like. And she asks you what it what it should look like for, for your soul. What What's in alignment with you? And then show up that way. Oh, yeah, baby. So we thought it would be fun to do chapter seven where she talks about the personal brand hologram. And I thought it would be fun for me and Mads to run through our personal brand hologram for OKSIS. So I wanted to read what how she defines it in the book. She says, your personal brand hologram will service as the rock solid foundation for a clarified, genuine, one of a kind personal brand message that cuts through the noise and attracts a core tribe that not only appreciates your thought leadership, but needs it in order to thrive. So when I the, think of when I think of the OKSIS tribe, I think they need our thought leadership to thrive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think um, I've never thought of it that way. I have to <laughs> I think hope, about that more. I hope um, slide into our DMs and let us know if you need our thought leadership to thrive. Not only do you appreciate the thought leadership that we are providing, but do you need it to thrive? That is what we're trying to get at here. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are actually in the business of thriving, of making people thrive. <laughs> Um, which is really interesting because I was just reading Donald Miller's book, which we could talk about later, and he talks about um, surviving and thriving. So anyways, the personal brand hologram is made up of three components, which we're going to go through here. Our headline, your headline, your four brand pillars, and your unique insights. So Mads, let's start with our headline. And according to Jessica, your headline is the all-encompassing encapsulated definition of you. So our OKSIS headline is sisterly energy. 
So we have our headline, which sits at the center of the personal brand hologram. And now we have to determine our four brand pillars, which I'll let Mads take the lead on. And in the book, Jessica says, you are more than what you do, yet you cannot share everything that you are. You must get selective and consider what you want people to truly know you for. Yeah. So this is actually something that we touch on in the episode and something I've struggled with, you know, when we started the podcast was like, we don't have a niche and also like fuck niches. I want to be able to talk about anything and everything that matters to me. And so we kind of she talks a little bit about why it is it is important to find those like core core pillars that you continually go back to. And when I was doing this exercise, you know, all the things we talk about really do only fall into four pillars. So it, it, it although I don't think we have a niche, we actually do. And it's doing this exercise that you will realize that there are things that you gravitate towards and speak on. So I determined our four pillars as sisterhood, female entrepreneurship, mental health and pop culture. Yeah, that's so spot on. And isn't it? It's so crazy that once you put them out and outline them, it just creates this image in your head and it it creates this clear roadmap towards where you want to go with your brand. Yep. Okay, so I love those. Okay, so then once you have your four brand pillars, then you create unique insights for each of your brand pillars. So in the book, she asks a bunch of questions to kind of guide yourself to finding these unique insights. So let's just do one just as an example. Well, which I, I wrote down, I wrote down, I think it's fine if I read what I wrote because um, okay. I'm, I'm an A plus student. So um, I like extra um, credit. Okay. You go girl. So number one, sisterhood. I wrote the sisterly banter that we have on the podcast. There's that familial connection that I think stands us apart from other women run podcasts um and then obviously the sisterly energy sorority energy that we provide also like making fun of one another i think that is a that's a that's a brand pillar isn't that like banter sure number 2 is female entrepreneurship so as i previously mentioned defining success on our own terms lifting women up i think that is inc- encapsulated in the last question that we always ask our women guests that come on the podcast and then uh, I stole this from Jessica sorry Jessica embrace your own shit and I think we are I mean a little too vulnerable on this podcast and so it's like yeah we're a little we're a little too good at that we're very open with our shortcomings with failures with whatever and speaking on them and being vulnerable about them so um, I think that's that's a really great unique trait about fem- female entrepreneurship that we highlight. Number three, mental health. We work to destigmatize having a mental illness. We provide coping strategies or tips. There's this re- uh, relatability aspect. I think a lot of people suffer from a degree of mental illness or health issues um, that are not talked about that I think we sh- we shed light on and then also sitting in discomfort um, kind of is a little similar to embracing your own shit but um, specifically to mental health and and what that looks like for us number four is pop culture so I said we provide <laughs> I said we provide an analytical perspective and unique observations on pop culture um and then I also said that an interest in pop culture doesn't diminish our intellect we talked with the comments by celebs girls about this um I really subscribe to um the fact that when you have an interest in pop culture it does not mean that you are um 
cluttering your brain or killing brain cells. I think there is something to cultural observation and understanding celebrity or understanding moments in our world and comment on commenting on them from an intellectual standpoint. So I think that is that is what we achieve. Yeah. And how does it feel looking at our personal brand hologram? You know, it's 3D. It's three dimensional. It's two dimensional. You know what? Jessica said it's three dimensional. That is why oh, she no. called it a hologram. A hologram is t- three dimensional, but but writing your it down, it's two dimensional. Okay, you're being a little literal, and it's <laughs> offensive. Um, okay. Jessica said that our hologram is three dimensional. So this is what I have taken from this exercise. And yes, it is. It feels very laser focused. It feels very aligned with what we've already been. You know gravitating towards but I think it's really nice that moving forward anything we speak about anything we post online or 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 is an extension of our brand where does it fit into these four and does it fit in does it not and this will be a nice little um yeah roadmap for us to check off whether it's in alignment for us or not yeah and sisters if you got this book which I highly I like ridiculously highly recommend there is a supernova exercise And essentially you take your brand hologram and you create an outline of content that you can spread on the internet. So this, buy the book, buy the motherfucking book. And I'm going to leave you Buy yourself the motherfucking book. Yeah. Also, there's a link in our show notes to buy it so that you can easily just get it on Amazon. But I'm going to leave you before we get into this episode so you can actually hear from Jessica herself and not us. Uh, She ends this chapter with this paragraph. Remembering that clarity is king. Use the worksheet below to take all that you have unpacked about your truth, your greatness, your expertise, your humanity, and your beingness. Combine it with your newfound understanding of how great personal brands are architected to build your own personal brand hologram. Your hologram is the foundation of this work. It's time, my friend. It's time to step into your light. Let it flow. She is just a spiritual goddess. That's right. Okay, sisters, enjoy this episode. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. 
That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring-summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Miss Jessica! Hello, beautiful. Hello, beautiful. Do I need to go get my headphones? How do I sound? Should I go get my headphones? You're good. You sound great. We're we're chill here. Oh. We're casual. Yeah, except for Mads is drinking so much caffeine, and I'm like totally manic today. So here we go. So here we go. The perfect day to, to make some content, you know? I haven't slept in three days, so this is going to be fun. Okay, Jessica, meet my sister Mads. Mads, this is Jessica. So nice to meet you, Mads. So nice to meet you. I've heard... I mean, just divine things. And then I was like insta-stalking you right before this. So I feel the connection already. And it's budding. It's definitely, it's growing, it's evolving. And I know that Scout and you are besties already. So like, I just have to play catch up. I'm like, we're sisters from a past life. So nice to meet the new sister, but I'm clearly like an ancient one. And yeah. I'm obsessed with your sister. <laughs> She's changed my life. Jessica, I came to my dad's house where Mads was for dinner and I had just gone for cupping and I walk in the door and I'm like, Mads, I just met my first mom that birthed me onto this planet in my cupping session. And Maddie was like, get the fuck out of here. You're crazy. <laughs> You've told me the distinctions between you and your sister and how, you know, we're on, we're on the side of, I think you'd call the woo and the conscious and the 5D and, you know, hey, different strokes for different folks, but. You know, different, different strokes for sure. I mean, look, I am dipping my toes. I would not 
by all, any means say that I am like converted to the spiritual realm and the other the other side, the dark side, if you will. But Scout has introduced me to Lacey Phillips. I've been, you know, dipping my toes into the manifestation work. So we're we're seeing we're we're navigating it. Getting there. That's good. <laughs> okay, let's get into current fixations before we move into everything about your brand. I mean, we're so excited to to talk to you. I think what your messaging is something that both Scout and I obviously either talk a lot about on OKSIS or just feel very passionate about. So we're going to get into all of those uh, beautiful things. So first, Scout, why don't you start us off with your current fixation? Okay, so my current fixation is a repeat situation. It is the Kopari lip gloss, and it truly is my ride or die. I remember being in middle school and being a Burt's Bees girl and just super falling like I was addicted to Burt's Bees like if I didn't have it well that well you know you know that they did they put something in Burt's Bees to make you more addicted yeah so that you like kept having to put it on yeah Yeah. that shit's crack for your lips so um I was just kind of dabbling and lip gloss has never been been a thing for me it's been always a chapstick game and Mads and I don't know how to wear makeup, so we don't. So this just feels like a really nice little elevated thing that I do maybe 20 times a day. Um, I love coconut with everything. We've talked about that on the podcast. I'll save you. My coconut spiel. So I think I mentioned this, I don't know, like a long time. She's making, she's she's referring to using coconut oil as lube, just so that the hey, listeners that's are. Cool. No, and also it's a natural remedy for yeast infections and nobody will listen to me. So there we go. um, Kopari, their lip glossy, it's called. It's my favorite. I mean, I'm still on the Glossier train. Uh, We've heard good things about the Summer Fridays lip balm. I think that's my next purchase. But Kopari, I think, is like tried and true. Yeah. And you can always go back to Kopari. They're a San Diego brand, actually. Um, Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, That fuck. That could totally be wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, let's fact check that, but okay. Um, okay, so my current fixation is something that happened today. Um, I was influenced by Brooke from Gals on the Go podcast. She was wearing the Lululemon Align top and leggings. It's like part of this collection called the Align Collection at Lululemon. Never been a Lululemon person. I don't know. Just like something about the ethos of the brand has never really like (laughs) connected with me. But I she just looked fab in this outfit. And I was like, all right, I need to treat myself to a new workout outfit. Let's do it. And guys, like I have boobs. I didn't know. And I didn't know I have curves. I didn't know my body could look shape shift this way. I look like a Victoria's Secret model. Like, holy shit. Like, I don't know how. Can you text it to me right now? What do you want? Yeah. And I'm going to just show it to you because I'm wearing it underneath here. But like. Oh, you're like. Look at me. You look like you have boobs. Yeah, you do. I look like I'm like snatched. Like, look at this waistline. Oh my God, you guys, you have no idea. I haven't felt this confident about my body maybe in three years. <laughs> so everyone, run, don't walk to Lululemon, I guess. <laughs> and that's where we're getting things these days. Wow, that's an off-brand moment for Mads. Very off-brand, but you know what? Quality is great. Yeah. I'm, I just gotta, I gotta say it. So. Okay, well, I don't need that's any help. I don't need my boobs to be any bigger than they are. So we're good on that front for me. This is true. Um, Jessica, what is your current fixation? 
I've, this is a tough one. I, I would say I'm, I'm, well, I'm a bath girl. Do you guys use baths as ritual? I do. Yeah. Scout just moved into a house where she has like a giant bath and it's, I'm so, so jealous. And I do not have a bath in my apartment, but when I go to my dad's house, I like shun him from his room and I say, do not come in here. I'm, I'm, it's bath time. Totally. Nothing, nothing compares to a soaking tub experience. I mean, I have, I live in a condo in Chicago and we have a decent bathtub in our place, but it's not like having a house type of bathtub in a master. So that's like a dream and that's a non-negotiable. Anytime I move next time, I have to have a bath like that, but I take them anyway. And I'm really, really into like high quality salts and I, I have to have salts in the bath no matter what, or it doesn't really feel like a bath personally. And I, I'm really into Energy Muse, the brand, and they have a really incredible activation, cleansing, gold salt with like crystals infused and flower essence. And it's, it's amazing. And so that's like my special time. And I try and take a bath a couple times a week because it's just the only way I can decompress after the end of a long, crazy day, especially these days, launching a book. It's intense and a hot, super hot bath. I like it super hot. I light some candles. I play some music. I burn some Palo Santo and I soak in my this is really good for me because since I just moved into this house, this is my first time, you know, doing the bath ritual. And I got this uh, bubble bath brand, but it's like you have to put half the fucking bottle to get a bubble. And, I, you know, that wasn't working for me. And then I got the Way Chill Pills ones. And I'm sorry. I, I love the Way. I really do. I use all their products. But, like, yeast infection happened, like, right after. Like, not okay. And I was so I'm afraid of using that did you use coconut oil yes, yes I did I also have a very sensitive vagina with stuff like that so like I don't be deterred but I'm on the hunt for something new because I don't really want to soak in my bath if I just got deja vu too I don't want to soak in my bath if I don't have anything in it you know there's so much that just happened um totally <laughs> I felt first it. of all I just, yeah, just, that just went in so many directions. I can't. But what I was going to say is, so you we're, we're in the market for a non-yeast infection bath salt is really what I'm going to sum it up as. Um, we got to check that one out, though. That sounds that sounds delightful. Yeah. Okay, so you're catching us on a irregularly high-energy day. We don't usually laugh this much, but... We want to get into an actually very serious conversation with you. You are the founder of the Simply Be Agency. You are the host of the Simply Be podcast. You have a book that just came out called Be. And you are all about the personal brand. And I have had the honor of having you as my client for the last year, which has developed into such an incredible relationship. And I've been able to be witness to your mission, which really truly is that your personal brand should be who you are. It should be your authentic self. And I wanted to have a conversation around authenticity in the digital age because girls in our secret Facebook group were commenting that, you know, they want to start a TikTok, but they're embarrassed to post. They don't know what people are going to think. And as Mads and I started this podcast, you know, we started it two and a half years ago with no audience, with no eyeballs in the digital space. And sometimes knowing that people are looking at you and like that I just talked about yeast infections and you're, you know, people are going to hear that. There comes a little bit of imposter syndrome, which I can confidently and, and am so grateful I don't 
super suffer from that, but I know Mads has had her experience with that. So I, I want to start with this idea of when you do post something, a piece of content, et cetera, how do you stay true to you and stay in your power when you do that and not get so caught up in what people are going to think of you? Totally. I love that you asked this. So authenticity has a you know, bad rap these days for being overused and no one knows what it means anymore. And everyone's just so authentic and it's, it's like can be diluted and gross to be frank. And with my book and my work, I'm really hoping to breathe new life into this word and to, to really re, refine it, redefine it, sort of bring it back to its roots. And personally, I feel that authenticity is, it's the inner work, right? It's an inside job and it's a, it's a journey. It's not a destination. There's no stage where we're like, yep, I know who I am now and I've got it all figured out and I fully believe in myself and I own all my stuff. It's really about being in that dance and it's about owning that you're imperfect and you're flawed and that there's shadow and that there's light at the same time. And, you know, in the book that I write, it's like the first chapter is called embrace your shit, which is a really about owning all of you, all of you, the good, the bad, the ugly, the mistakes, the fears, the failures. And here's, and here's why we need to do that in the world of the internet and authenticity when we're creating a platform is because everyone has shit too. Everyone's had a yeast infection. Everyone probably relates to a sister relationship that doesn't see eye to eye on spirituality. You know, there's the more that we can open up. Now there's a key here, instead of it being let's process and be cathartic and throw our emotions out onto the internet so that we feel seen and better. That's not authenticity. That's, in, that's processing in a very ineffective, selfish, in, in fact, self-centered kind of way. But when you are coming to the table with your authentic truth and whatever that looks like for you, and it's typically going to feel scary because it's real, as long as you're doing it in service of something bigger than your own ego, that you're coming from a place of of, of your heart. Like, I want to, I want to help other girls going through breakups feel less alone. I'm going to come on here and be weird and hopefully give other people permission to be weird too in my TikTok video. I'm going to come on here and talk about the struggles of being a female founder and the perils of hiring staff and firing staff. And, and I know that there are women out there who are going through that too. And so really coming from a service mindset, when you are being you, in my view, that's authentic. And that is your expression of authenticity. And at the end of the day, it's really not anyone else's prerogative to tell you that that's not. And I think it, again, just goes back to this being an inside job that we have to feel clear and confident enough in ourselves in the first place to tell the truth. I'd love to touch on the accepting all aspects of yourself. So as I mentioned in the beginning, I've been going through Lacey Phillips's work and just did the unblocking shadow work, which if you haven't done shadow work, <laughs> real fun, real fun process <laughs> to go through with yourself. Um, but something that was a step was outing your shadow and basically mm -hmm. showcasing um, a large fear or insecurity of yours and broadcasting it to the world so that you can own it and, you know, just claim it as, as something that's part of you. And a, one aspect of myself that I, I made a whole social, I made a IGTV that was like just me talking about inadequacy and how much I've felt that um, during college and post-college and it kind of had lingered to where I am today. And this like sense of, again, imposter syndrome and just like, why do I deserve 
certain successes or I don't feel successful. All these different thoughts that happen to me. And by sharing that, you have no idea how many people reached out and commented and was like, thank you so much for saying this. Like, I feel the exact same way. I wish I was as vulnerable as you on the internet, which is just so funny because I... I too struggle with like posting some stuff because I'm like, oh my God, do I look weird? Do people think I'm I'm just like sharing too much? Or I also have those those thoughts, that thought process before posting. Um, but I want to hear from you, like what is it about outing your shadow or owning these negative parts of yourself? Like what does it, why is it so important that we do that work and that we integrate it back into ourselves? Like, what does that mean to you? Yes, girl, such a good question. I mean, first of all, love that you shared that story of how you felt about that moment before you posted it. And I heard once a long time ago that if you don't feel that butterfly in your stomach right before you're about to post something, then it's not gonna land. Like if there's a reason you feel scared and vulnerable because it's powerful. And I think that that's really, that's really the work is looking at all sides of who you are. And we, we have such a, I think a, a really hard time owning our greatness as women and what makes us amazing. We're far more keen on being self-deprecating and like self-critical. But when we are really able to calibrate both to be frank and be like, okay, I, I have this great ability and I'm super talented and I'm, I'm of the light as I often say, but not to be arrogant or cocky about it either and use it in a vain way. And at the same time to not be so diminishing of yourself or your flaws and to really claim them, that to me makes you integrated, a completely integrated 360 real person. That's the work that I teach in my branding content and my book and my in my agency is like really bringing your humanity forward because it doesn't matter if you're the ceo of a company and you make billions of dollars it doesn't matter if you're a freaking waitress like we're all people and we all can intrinsically relate to one another in our humanity and that is why it's so so important and i love lacey phillips work too and i've done a lot of my own shadow work as well and i think that this um this concept of radical responsibility changed my life like I was really operating from a place of victim mentality and I wasn't conscious to it. Everything was happening to me. The weather, my husband, my job, the boss, the, the airport delays, everything was everyone else's fault. And when that switch happened in my life on a personal level a few years ago, like five, six years ago, when I was like, whoa, shit, Jessica, it's all up to you. The good, the bad, the ugly, like it's all, it's all fucking your responsibility. And that was the moment everything in my life shifted. Honestly, like everything expanded. I got super into alignment. I launched the business. Things got really exciting professionally and personally. I felt happier. That's why I believe so much in this work and why I teach it and talk about it and do it for a living is because like personal branding is an act, like it's it's the dressing for your personal power. And I believe knowing your personal power and being able to articulate it and communicate it in your full humanity is a superpower that can change your life. And and so I love this question because it really gets to the core of what I want to wake people up to if I'm going to be so bold and you know I think I think we're more and more becoming aware as a society and a culture we're on the path but 
I want us to go further. I want to live in a different kind of world and one that's filled with authenticity and humanity and transparency and kindness because humanity is at the, at the core. It's love. You know, we're all, we all are human. We feel, we love, we care. You bring that to the table, man. It's like, that's the magic. You know, you don't have to reach millions of people with it. You can just reach your right people and have a very fulfilling life and a very successful career. Amen to all of that. And it's starting to, there's a few things that are going in my mind as I'm thinking about all of this work that people are doing and then how they translate it onto the internet. Because personal branding has been a very new thing. And we had, I I believe it was Liv Perez who came on the podcast and she's a very successful influencer and podcast host. And personal branding has been, you know, paved the way because of influencers, right? Like influencers kind of made the personal brand very, very popular. And people shit on that industry constantly. And Liv Press said, if it was a male-dominated industry, I think the narrative about it would be totally different because it is a billion-dollar industry. Uh-huh. So when somebody is either a looking to be public facing digitally or they know that as a founder of a company a founder story and a personal brand behind a product is so much more effective than just a product people really buy into the person um what are some steps that they can take to implement that inner work Mm. to translate onto their instagram feed to translate into their emails because before you answer that you know mads and i when we started OKSIS. We didn't think anyone was listening, so we were just ourselves. And that's the reason we have the audience we have. I talk probably too candidly about my bipolar disorder because I just don't understand why I shouldn't. I I just don't. It doesn't connect with me why I shouldn't be super open to that. And now we're at a point where we're like, okay, well, we have this personal brand. What does it mean? Because we've just been authentically ourselves. So if someone is coming to the game and wants to be public facing with their personal brand and has done the inner work, what are some really great ways for them to implement that onto, you know, social media? I want to answer this question, but I first want to give a huge shout out to the influencer women because those girls work their asses off. I mean, Oh, do they? they That is a, a, a very demanding career. So shout out to the chicks that are, are doing that. Um, and they don't get enough credit. So back to your question. I would say that really, you said it beautifully, Scout, that no one can relate to a product the way they can relate to a person, right? And in the Simply V methodology, what we do is like, okay, so there's two sort of conundrums, if you will. There's the the belief that, and I truly believe it's a a core belief in the branding industry and and a rule, branding is an exercise in clarity. It's all about crystal clear messaging with less than 15 seconds. You have to know what a brand stands for and how it makes you feel. And on the flip side, we're humans, we're personal brands, we're people. So we're complicated, we're emotional, we're, I think we have over a hundred thousand thoughts a day according to science. So there's sort of, how do you reconcile the dynamic nature of a human being with the need of a crystal clear brand? And so what we've created at Simply Be is a formula called the hologram. And this is what I would recommend everyone to, whether you read my book or not, but you could, you should go read my book, but it's in there. Yes, you should. Yes, you should. (laughs) But it's literally a, um, a framework that asks the reader and I'll ask your listeners to really identify what are the four topics? What are the four things that are deeply passionate, deeply personal, that are demonstrative of your career and your professional expertise, but also who you are as a human being. 
And how do those connect to your company? How do they leverage your company? How do they take a client or a customer deeper inside the story and the why of your company? And if you can really narrow it down to like four core, what I call brand pillars, and really identify what is unique to you about that. I call those your unique insights. So let's say, you know, Scout, you and I are both female entrepreneurs and we're both emotional and spiritual. And okay, so we can talk about spirituality. We can talk about women empowerment. We can talk about leadership. Well, the way that Scout's gonna talk about those things is very different than the way Jessica is gonna talk about those things because we're different people. We have different DNA. And so really cracking into the nuances of why spirituality matters to you, what brought you here, what's your practices, what's your beliefs, what are you against, all the things. Same thing with leadership, blah, blah, blah. And then you really start to formulate what's called your personal brand hologram. And then you take that and bring that to life through content. You bring that to life through thought leadership. Ideally, it's more than just your Instagram or your TikTok. You're creating blogs, you're doing podcasts, you're recording videos, you're teaching online webinars and workshops, you're doing an email campaign once a week where you're communicating clearly there. Because thought leadership is, I often say, if you want to be seen as a thought leader, you have to think. That's why you're called a thought leader. You know? <laughs> yeah, right? Isn't that cheeky? I came up with that myself. So I, I'm like very, very clear that social media is amazing and we need it, but it's not where your thought leadership lives and dies. And so you really have to think if you want to position yourself as an expert, the founder, the face, the credibility builder of the CEO of your company, you've got to create some thought leadership content. You've got to stick to the narrative so people know what you stand for. Think about your hologram and then use social to drip it out and to create community and greater awareness. But that would be, that would be my advice to really start there. And there's a whole bunch more we could talk about, but those are foundational elements that I think work for everyone. I was going to say, because I think I've been, I've struggled with this a little bit because as you said, we are these like complicated 360 human beings. And I've always been, I've had a weird relationship with the word niche and the word like find your niche and be focused and, da -da -da. and just because like I have a diverse set of interests. I like so many different things. Like, yes, I can be very emotional and thoughtful and I love to read, but then I'm also fucking crazy and dancing on TikTok and shaking my butt. So like, why can't I be both on the internet? And I have been on, you know, so we'll see what that means. But um, that's always been something that's internally I've had a battle with where I'm like, I have so many different interests. I, my mind is kind of everywhere. Um, and how does that hone in to one thing? And, and that's kind of why, I mean, well, when we started the podcast scout, I, the reason I almost didn't do it is because I was like, well, what are we, what are why are we different? There's so many fucking podcasts with two female white co-hosts that talk to female entrepreneurs like what is different about us so that that I, I, I want to hear a little bit about niches and then you know how you ex explain well, that. well before that I want to talk about my experience too with okay sis is because like the beginning of this and I'll be so honest like the beginning of this podcast that the three of us I was like, oh, am I being, like, too silly? Like, am I laughing too much? Because usually when I talk to you, Jessica, I'm more, like, calm and, you know, all this. And so Mads brings out this totally crazy side that if I were creating a personal brand on my own, would never be shown on the Internet, and now it's everywhere. And so <laughs> it's it's this complicated tug and war between, like, well, 
because Mads and I have one together. Our personal brand is together. So it's this constant tug of war for me of like, well, that's what that's not what I would have chosen if it was just me. But this is a part of my life. And so, yeah. It's like, how do you talk about men- bipolar disorder and The Bachelor in one <laughs> word? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's weird, but it works if that Okay, makes sense. so I have so many thoughts for you guys. So this okay, is awesome. <laughs> so, okay, first things first is, you, when you come to the table with these topics, right? When you, when I am going to recommend anyone get really crystal clear and choose those four, you have to ask yourself in service of what, what's the objective here? What, what am I aiming for? What's the strategy of this whole thing? And, you know, I have a bunch of other things that I talk, I'm, I love and I'm passionate about and are huge parts of my life that aren't in my personal brand per se, because they're not relevant to my goals. Like for example, I'm really into holistic health and I have crazy supplement regime and I take all these, I I have a lot of chronic autoimmune problems with my health and I'm kind of crazy about that part of my life, but I don't really talk about that anywhere because I'm not positioning myself as an expert in that. And and it's not what I want people to focus on. Right. So there's, there's a handful of other things I also could throw in there that aren't in my brand. And this is about being intentionally discretional. And this doesn't make you any less authentic or 360 by being discretional because you still get to choose the things you want people to know about you because you are who you say you are over and over and over and over again. That's how you become known as a thing. That's it. It's really so, so simple. And I had the same sort of problem. This is where I came up with this formula and trademark thing I did years ago. I was all over the place too. I was talking about whatever I wanted on the internet. And my goal at the same time was to be seen as an expert in this thing called personal branding. And I had a friend take me out to coffee and he, he, he was so harsh. He gave me like the, the most honest feedback unsolicited. He was like, Jessica, I know you're trying to launch this business simply be and be seen as the personal branding girl in Chicago, but I follow you on the internet. I don't know what the fuck you are. Like you talk about something different every day. Like he was so right. And so I just, to your question, Mads, like you just, you can be all the things. You can talk about the bachelor. You can talk about bipolar disorder. You can talk about yeast infections. You could talk, whatever. It doesn't matter as long as you know what you're doing it for. And I think that then crystallizes what you ultimately then will say. And then the second thing that I'll say, the last thing I'll say, because I really want to respond to what you're saying, Scout, about your brand, because I do know you as my, you know, we're partners on your client. And you're so professional and I talk to you every week and you're so level-headed, grounded and like calm. And then I see the side of you and it makes me love you even more. And also you, you are in the service space of podcasts. So it makes perfect sense that you have a podcast yourself because you're walking the talk and you're in the space and it makes you that much credible, more credible as my, you know, rep in podcast. I actually don't really care what you talk about per se on your podcast because you know the space you you get it you you have a great audience like that is credibility to me as your client that you're my person and then guess what i just like to listen to you laugh with your sister and makes me love you even more and like relate to you even more doesn't take away your credibility from me being your client does that make sense yeah yeah i just i struggle with it a lot because i'll be on a perspective call and I'll be like, they're like, oh, I found your podcast. I'm like, you don't have to listen to that. You don't, you, you don't, you don't got it. That's okay. You're good. I think you got other things to do, but it is. And, and something that you said really 
just spoke to me and gave me a really aha moment is that, and this is something I'm working on because I do think it's part of my shadow, is that you don't have to overshare everything. Like, I sometimes do that. Like, I do it at the bank. I do it at the grocery store. Like, someone asks me how I am. I'm going to list you the four great things that happened to me today, or I'm going to list you the four bad things that happened today. I just sometimes chronically overshare. And I think that knowing that I can come to the podcast, I can come to my Instagram as my authentic self, but not necessarily share that or that A, B, or C. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean that I'm not showing up as myself. I was under the impression, I'm realizing that I was under the impression that I had to give all of me. Yeah. No, you don't. And also I overshare a lot too, like in life. And that's because I think we're Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Jessica's Jewish, by the way. She'll like become best friends with the chick in the grocery line. And I was so embarrassed by that, but nonetheless, you, you know, you just, you have a lot. I know you, you have a really amazing story. Like you've been through a lot and, and the resiliency of like the lessons that you have gleaned and how hard you've worked on becoming the woman that you are so empowered and clear, like that's, that story I think you should overshare like that to me is the real value for other people. Um, and really just versus coming on. And I, I mean, I don't see you oversharing anywhere. So this isn't really, I actually follow you on Instagram and I think you're so authentic and like letting people into your life in a way that feels very engaging and like fun and real. So I wouldn't be too hard on yourself, but back to something I said earlier, like someone told me once a long time ago that the internet is not a place to process. So if you're going through something, work on it over here offline with your family, your therapist, your dog, like don't come onto the internet and emote so that you, you get that, like that dopamine hit. Cause that's, that's not healthy and that's not where it's supposed to be. Once you've processed you've gone through the dark night of the soul, you've learned some lessons, you're clear, you've come through on the other side with some wisdom, then you can come on and share as much vulnerability as you want to, right? Like think, think about yourself in those dark, dark moments. Do you really want to get on the internet and share that? I don't think I, I could have, at least in a conscious way. And so that's, that to me is, I think, a shift we all struggle with, personally. That, yeah, that gives me a lot of hope because I think I was also under the impression that like in those dark moments, like share it, just like go on Instagram and whatever, like get like bring that vulnerable side. But I really love that permission to no, 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 let's process this so that when you go on the Internet, you're giving something of value because you've gone through it, you know you know what you've learned from it and then you can speak more eloquently and from from a more you know practical space I think that makes a lot of sense and that also just like gives me like a breath of fresh air because I just think that I sometimes when I'm when I'm like really sad or something I'm like oh fuck like maybe I should be posting this on Instagram because people say that you're supposed to share every part of you, you know? So that's a really interesting distinction between like, yes, you could still come on when you're sad, but it's like after the fact, after you've really internalized what was happening in that moment, that that's a really good uh, 
takeaway. Naz, if I can just add another layer onto that for your audience to think about, I think that there are, there are degrees of sadness, right? There are degrees of hurt, there are degrees of fear. And so I'm not here to say like, don't come on social media ever if you're feeling sad, but like, I'll just use myself as an example. Like I actually start my book with my, one of my biggest rock bottom moments when I was $75,000 in debt at 33 years old, rock bottom broke, had no money. And I had to ask my parents to help me to pay my phone bill because they were going to turn it off. And I, I was literally running the biggest online magazine in the city and everyone thought I was crushing it. And the shame and the self-loathing in that moment was unbearable. And it was really a catalyst. I could have never gotten on Instagram in that fucking moment and been like, I just went to my parents' house and asked them for money. Does anybody else relate? Like, I don't, that wouldn't have been appropriate. But if you're like sad because... I don't know, you just watched a beautiful movie and it pricked your heart and you're sobbing. Like I just watched Soul a couple of weeks ago and I got on like bawling. I was like, everyone needs to watch this movie. This wakened me. This is the best thing to watch in 2021, whatever. Like there's degrees of sadness. And so I wouldn't want people to feel like, oh, well then I just have to shut it down. No, but, but know that there's layers to it. And only really you can know that, but I would, I would just highly encourage people to consider it before they get on their phone. Yeah, it's kind of like Chrissy Teigen sharing the photo after the fact of what was happening right. versus like live streaming herself going through that horrific moment of having a stillborn child. Um, okay, I want to shift a little bit because I want to talk about self-worth. I think this is obviously it's something that is a pillar of yours that you speak um, a lot about and it's something that I have struggled with um, I'm sure many many people listening um, also struggle with it I want to ask particularly what does it mean to you to be operating at a place of high self-worth like what does that look like for you and how do you know that it's happening oh wow it, that's such a good question I mean I have been on this personal development journey for a really long time and I think it's really easy to look at my platform today and be like, oh, she's just chock full of self-worth. And like, I, I mean, not too long ago and for most of my life, I wasn't. I, was, I suffered from crippling body dysmorphia, low self-esteem, anxiety, depression, scare, like true scarcity, like literally and figuratively. And, and so I think that you know, what's really empowered me to come through that into this place of self-worth is by doing the work and putting effort and energy into hiring help and like therapists and coaches and surrounding myself with women, specifically friends who like lift me up, like my tribe. It's really important to have people believe in you more than you believe in yourself, like a lot, like all the time. And that has been a huge um, catalyst I also think too, I'm just a risk taker. Like I've always been that way. Um, I think you kind of have to be risk averse, um, non-risk averse when you're, when you're an entrepreneur. And so through practice of just like trying things, failing, getting back up, trying, it works, then it doesn't, then I try again. Like that journey of just trust, learning to trust myself and knowing that like, what's the worst that can happen? They're gonna say no, or the client's gonna back out, or I'm gonna get rejected from the guy. Like you just, after so many times of just betting on yourself and seeing that the, the net actually does catch you, you, you build a muscle and you start to believe in yourself more and more. It's a micro, 
micro by micro, day by day thing. And I think we're always pushing ourselves. You kind of have to look at those moments as a growth edge. Like if you're being pushed outside of your comfort zone in any capacity, that's an opportunity for you to expand your own belief in yourself, i.e. self-worth. And so that can come in the form of, you know, do you know how vulnerable I feel launching this book? I'm like, I don't, I don't feel worthy. I've been on all these podcasts. Like, I feel like all these people are going to read it. I mean, there's so, and they're going to hate it. Like I have those thoughts. Of course I do, but you just kind of keep choosing. Like, it's me. I can do this. It's a conscious choice. It's not like a magic trick. You just use your thoughts in your brain and you tell yourself, I've got this. I'm going to be okay. I'm good at this people like me, like literally, like you just, you just, it's the mental game and your mind, your thoughts create your emotions and your emotions create your vibration and your vibration is your reality. So I, I know that was a long winded answer, but it's a mix of things, I think. And I think that Mads is like really soaking all of that in right now because we've been having a lot of conversations offline between the two of us on, on what self-worth means. Um, I just want to be mindful of time here and I want you to talk about your book a little bit because it actually is talking about how you bring up your self-worth to increase your net worth. So really great transition there on my behalf. Um, Tell us about your book. You are you are an official podcaster. Just oh, like. really? After 150 yeah. episodes, I'm an official podcaster. Yep. Okay, good. Yep. Um, talk to us about your book and who really, um, even though I think it's for everybody, who really it's for. So my book is called B B E period, a no bullshit guide to increasing your self worth and your net worth by simply being yourself. And net worth, for the record, is somewhat of a misnomer. I don't really talk about finances in the book, although I do talk a bit about money, but net worth is a metaphor for abundance in my view. It's just whatever success and fulfillment is to you. So my book is the permission slip, I call it, to finally fucking be who you were born to be and the roadmap to help you do it. And what I've really done is I've taken my trademarked methods at Simply Be for branding people and I've broken it down into a full journey. It's pretty much a workbook. The center of the book is filled with worksheets and will really help the reader define their message, build their content, create a strategy, pitch themselves from a PR perspective, help them with their social media. It's really what we do for our clients and I'm opening it up for everyone in a DIY form. And I don't think that there's another book on the market that goes into as much tactical detail as mine does, I've looked. Like most people want to keep their best stuff behind the veil and make you pay for it in a book like mine. And I'm like, here it is. Like I gave it away. But what it's encased within is a personal empowerment book. It's a, it's the reminder that you are, your power is in your being, not in your doing. And to really allow you to let yourself off the hook from these things we've been talking about today, the fear, the, the, la- the fear of judgment, the lack of, of worth, really understanding what makes you you, understanding that that has value and owning it. And then here's how it actually can come to life. And it's also mixed with my, mem- my memoir. Like I take you on a journey of my own story from self-worth to net worth. And I'm just 
really excited about it. It has lots of yellow. <laughs> you can't miss it. <laughs> and it's, it's really um, my life's work and I can't wait for people to read it. Mads, if you don't believe in the universe after she just said that, because I'm just going to get emotional. It's like, what have we been talking about, Mads, this week, you and me? And here we go. We interview Jessica today and she delivers that message. This book was fucking made for you. Like it truly, truly was. And so it's, it was. Whew, okay. I'm so excited to dive into it. I, I, I need it ASAP for sure. Good. Um, okay. Let's ask our final question. Um, also sisters, the book is launched while you're listening to this. So like link in by show notes, link in show notes to purchase it. Link in show notes. Okay. So we ask this of every woman that comes on the podcast, um, before they, before they leave us, if you could brag about one thing in your life and don't be humble, what would you brag about? My marriage. Oh, that's what Scout says every time. <laughs> I have a great man and we work really hard on being a great team. And we've been together for almost nine years and that's a long time. We've been same with us. Really? Yeah. <laughs> almost nine yeah. years. We're like the same person. Yeah, we are. We're parallel lives souls and uh you know scout like it's it's marriage is one of the hardest things i think it's the hardest thing you'll ever do being in that intimate of a relationship and him and i have been through a lot together a lot like the universe has tested us and we are stronger than ever so i'm most proud of i'm most proud of my marriage that is so beautiful Maybe one day I'll be. You will be. You want to be. What do you mean? Maybe. She's been in a relationship for like four years. They're getting married. (laughs) Five years. Five years. Yeah. She's in a very committed relationship. Okay, Jessica. It'll happen. Yeah. Well, you're like, you you like, you won't even get married till you're 30. I don't know what the fuck that deal is. Oh, no. I I don't want to get married right now. It's not. It's not the time for me. I'm going to wait it off. Okay. But okay. Enough about me. Um, Jessica, tell us where they can find you, where they can buy the book. They can find me on at jessicaswag.com. I am on just at jessicaswag on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. I've been on Clubhouse a lot lately. I'm at jessicaswag. Um, and then just uh, my book. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Support your local indie bookstore. Go to indiebookshop.org. Um, and Target. <laughs> you can get it anywhere. <laughs> Amazing. Well, you can it. find us at Opisa's Podcast. And we love you, sisters. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.